Good evening, listeners. Welcome to Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 28. I am excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key at Newton, Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. The first thing that we're going to talk about in the world of the MLB in our first story is the Chicago Cubs versus the Cincinnati Reds. Jamison Talion pitched five plus innings for his fourth straight win, and the surging Chicago Cubs held on to beat the Cincinnati Reds five to three Thursday night, knocking the Reds out of first place in the NL Central. Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, and Jan Gomez drove in runs for Chicago, which won for the 13th time in 16 games and claimed the final three games of a four-game set with the Reds. Milwaukee, a 14-1 winner over Pittsburgh, moved into first place in the division, a half game ahead of the Reds. The Cubs, at 56-53, are two and a half games back of the Brewers. But I think it's just another defining moment that we have a really good team. Cubs, general manager David Ross said, that this is a good team over there in our division that we're chasing. But rookie, Ellie De La Cruz, led off the game with a deep solo shot. And Spencer Steers, team-leading 18th homer in the 8th, was his second hit for Cincinnati. Talion exited after one hitter in the 6th and earned his 4th win in 5 outings. He allowed 2 runs on 7 hits while striking out 5. The right-hander has a 2.08 ERA in his last five outings. I grinded, kept us in the game, and our bullpen just had an electric night, Talion said. Three Chicago relievers followed. Alizola got the final four outs for his 13th save. In Chicago's Christopher Morrill and Jamar Candelario got credit for RBIs when they walked with the bases loaded in the Cubs' three-run third. Chicago cashed in on wildness by red starter Luke Weaver in the inning, taking a 4-1 to lead on just one hit and four passes. Nico Horner, who doubled in the first, started the rally by striking out on a wild pitch and hustling to first with two outs. But Luke had been pitching well to that point in the game, and Red's manager, David Bell, said once he had to work harder and throw more pitches, it just caught up to him. And Weaver waxed about what should have been an inning-ending whiff, but we get the strikeout. And obviously it's a tough pitch. It's an in-between one, Weaver said. It's on me to come back strong and throw a couple good pitches there in the next at-bat. But the Chicago victory was a far cry from Tuesday and Wednesday, when the Cubs scored 36 combined runs, their most in a two-game span since June 29th to the 30th, back in 1897, folks. Wow. That stat is unbelievable. It's been that much time where that's happened. Unreal. Chicago outscored Cincinnati 46-24. to They scored a lot of runs in this series as well. Ross said, our pitching just kept making pitches and our hitters kept grinding at bats and scoring runs. 
De La Cruz hit Talion's first pitch 424 feet into the right center bleachers. And the Cubs tied it at one in the bottom half on consecutive doubles by Horner and Hop. Chicago jumped ahead in the third, and Horner reached a spice striking out after Hop walked. Bellinger singled in Horner, but Weaver then issued three straight passes to make it a 4-1 game. Cincinnati cut into it 4-2 in the fourth on Luke Mails' double play grounder and Steers' solo shot to the right center basket of Julian Merriweather trimmed it to a 4-3 game. But Gomez sacked fly in the bottom half of the eighth made it 5-3. Bell was ejected in the bottom of the third inning by plate umpire Derek Thomas for jumping onto the field and arguing adamantly after Weaver issued his fourth walk. But Bell said he was supporting his pitcher, but not upset with calls. It had nothing to do with the strikeout zone. To be honest, that's what Bell's interpreting. But Bell was booted for the sixth time this season, and 26 times in his professional career. Now we're on to our trainer's reports. As for the Cubs, right-handed pitcher Brad Boxberger, right hand had a right forearm strain, and right-handed pitcher uh, Ethan Roberts had Tommy John surgery, and they are slated to throw bullpen sessions on Friday. Right-handed pitcher Nick Birdie will toss live batting practice at the team's Arizona training facility on Friday. But all in all, it was the Chicago Cubs who took this game, to you guessed it, folks, to the bank by the score of 5-3. Now we're on to our next game of the MLB News. We're going to recap upon tonight between the Seattle Mariners versus the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani left the mound after only four scoreless innings due to cramping in his pitching hand and fingers, but then hit his major league leading 40th homer before his Los Angeles Angels blew a two-run lead in the ninth of a 5-3 loss to the Seattle Mariners. But Otani said he wasn't sure whether the cramping was the problem, but which was largely in his right middle finger, would force him to miss a mound start. But Otani also had problems with cramps during the Angels just completed their trip, leaving consecutive games early with lower body cramping. It's not just my finger, Otani saying. I've been kind of getting cramps all over the place. I felt like maybe I could have gone another inning or two, but I'm trying to feel out my hands. I couldn't give up any runs, and I felt like it was better for the team to stop pitching there. But rookie Cade Marlowe hit his first career grand slam in the ninth for the Mariners, who rallied from a two-run deficit against all-star closer Carlos Estevez to steal the win. In his 12th Major League game, Marlowe got around on a high 99-mile-per-hour fastball on an 0-2 count. I was just thinking about getting on top of something, hitting a hard-line drive, Marlowe said, but I swung through the first top of the two and finally got on top of one of the last one. But Otani drilled a 107-mile-per-hour line drive off Isaiah Campbell into the stands and right at Angel Stadium in the eighth inning, securing his second career 40 homer season. 
That is incredible. For you to hit that many jacks in a season, not, nonetheless, that we're only in August, is an accomplishment in itself. With the solo shot, Otani reaches base four times and scored the tying run in the sixth for the Angels, who opened a seven-game homestand with their fifth loss in seven games despite their two-way superstars' latest remarkable effort. But I wish I could have gone close to 100 pitches and the save in the bullpen. But help them out, Otani saying. But who joined him? Mike Trout and Troy Gloss as the only players in Angels history, folks, with multiple 40 homer seasons. That list are legends for this franchise. Mike Trout and Troy Gloss, Otani, you're joining a great list. But at the loss of him in this game, it did make it tough. But the Angels were two outs from a win before Marlowe hit his team's first grand slam in the ninth inning or later while Seattle was trailing Richie Sexton. And this happened. This is the first time this happened, folks, since September 19th of 2005 at Toronto. That's a long time. He's an awesome competitor, and Seattle manager Scott Cervais said he's not overthinking. Just playing baseball. That was some kind of swing. It's 100 miles an hour at the top of the zone. As a young player, you're just trying to get the bat out there. But Estevez walked two and gave up a single before Marlowe's blast and his first blown save for the Angels and 24 opportunities this season. He's the first guy that hits a fastball outside of the strike zone against me. And what a time to do it, Estevez said. No one thinks I was going to be perfect for the rest of my career. Come on. But it's just a game. It is important. And it's tough, but we've got a lot more games to go. Eugenio Suarez also homered for the Mariners, who have won 7 of 9 to move to one and a half games ahead of the Angels in the AL wildcard race. Suarez tied a Mariners franchise record with an RBI in his ninth consecutive game. Otani threw only 59 pitches in his shortest start, not caused by the rain delay in nearly a full year, but he struck out four and allowed only three soft singles in his first start since throwing a one-hit shutout in Detroit for his first Major League complete game last week. But Otani said he took a few practice swings to make sure he could continue hitting with his cramping hand, and he tied it in the sixth by drawing his second walk, stealing second, and scoring on C.J. Crone's single, Mike Moustakas then drove in Crone with a long double of Seattle rookie Brian Wu, who allowed four hits and struck out six. Andreas Munoz pitched the ninth for his fourth save. Crone's single extended his hitting streak to a career-best 13 games in his Anaheim homecoming game. He rejoined the Angels last week in a trade after spending his first four major league seasons with the Angels. Kron was acquired from Colorado along with Randall Gurchek, who went 0 for 4 in his Angels home debut in 14 years after the team drafted him in the first round, one pick ahead of Mike Trout. Now we have our trainers report. The Angels Trout is nearly ready to begin hitting a ball, manager Phil Nevin said, but the three-time AL MVP 
has already taken dry swings in his return from a broken hand that has sidelined him since July 3rd. He's expected to return shortly after he faces live pitching. Brandon Drewer wants at least two more games at AAA Salt Lake before he returns from the left shoulder injury that has kept him out since June 29th. All in all, in this game, it was the Seattle Mariners who took the Los Angeles Angels folks to the bank by the score of 5-3. In our last story of the night in the MLB news on the nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank is the Texas Rangers versus the Chicago White Sox. Max Scherzer's debut with the Texas Rangers ended up being one of his favorite kind of starts. For the AL West leaders, it's the kind of results they hope to keep getting from the three-time Cy Young Award winner. You're getting kind of beat around there in the early part of the game, but you settle in and you catch a rhythm and you're able to pitch deep into ball games. Scherzer said, that's what I'm most happy about. I finished strong. Scherzer struck out nine over six innings, settling in after throwing 37 pitches in a three-run first. And the Rangers rallied to beat the Chicago White Sox 5-3 to on Thursday to complete a three-game series sweep. He couldn't have done worse. But you know, every ball they hit found holes, Texas Rangers manager said. Bruce Bocci, but it just shows you how he is and what a great competitor he is. Logged a lot of pitches that first inning, but regrouped and reset, and that's what you look for. Mitch Garver led off the Rangers fourth against Tucson with a 457-foot homer in the second deck of seats and left center to tie the game at three. Three batters later, Marcus Simeon homered for the second game in a row his 17th of the season, a solo shot that put Texas ahead to stay. That's what's fun, is when the whole team has kind of hand in putting it together. But Scherzer said, everybody kind of did their job today, and we won as a team. Will Smith worked the ninth for his 19th save and 21 chances after Josh Sabors and Aroldis Chapman, the hard-throwing reliever acquired in a trade from Kansas City, more than a month ago, were scoreless innings. Tucson struck out nine and walked four in his five and one-third innings. Tim Anderson and Andrew Benedetti both blooped opposite field singles on an 0-1 count to open the game against Scherzer, who then got a strikeout before consecutive walks. The second to Yasmani Grendel to force in a run. Scherzer, 10-4, then had another strikeout and an 0-2 count from before Gavin Sheets grounded a two-run single up the middle to put the White Sox up 3-0. Acquired for the New York Mets in a trade over the weekend and signed through the next season, Scherzer allowed seven singles and walked two. He retired 13 of the last 14 batters he faced, with seven of his strikeouts coming in that span. A week after his 39th birthday, he threw 70 of his 105 pitches for strikes with 21 of those swings and misses. But typically, an experienced starter that ends up giving up three runs in the first and kind of settles down and understands that he's got to keep it up there and allow his team to come back. 
White Sox manager Pedro Grifol said, I was in the dugout saying, don't panic. You're okay. They're not blasting you, not hitting home runs. It's not the execution of pitches. They're just finding holes, Scherzer said. Just pitch and compete. And so it's great when that happens. After Texas was retired on eight pitches in its first at-bat, Scherzer was right back on the mound. The White Sox then had three more singles in the second, though he benefited from a double play grounder and an inning-ending strikeout to prevent any more runs. Once he got comfortable, he found his groove and really started filling up the strike zone. It's a huge difference, said Garver, the catcher who also added an RBI single in the eighth. He's very passionate about what he does. So the Chicago team had lost 18 of the last 24 games overall, and the White Sox scored only one combined in their previous three games before that three-run first inning. But Josh Smith had an RBI double in the second for Texas, and Adolis Garcia extended his AL leading RBI total to 86 with his single in the third. But with the new additions of Scherzer and left-hander Jordan Montgomery in the Rangers' rotation, Bocci said lefty Martin Perez will move into the bullpen as a long man. Doesn't mean that that's where he's going to stay in the bullpen, but first time around, that's the plan. When the all-star right-handed pitcher Nathan Ovaldi, right forearm strain, returns from the 15-day injured list, the Rangers will have to decide to whether they're going to go with the six-man rotation or send another starter to the bullpen. And now, our training room report. For the White Sox, center fielder Trace Thompson had oblique strain reacquired last week from the Dodgers in that trade that sent Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly to the Los Angeles was reinstated for the 60-day injured list and started in this return. But all in all, it was the Texas Rangers who took the Chicago White Sox, folks, to the bank by the score of 5-3. We'll be right back with the world of the NBA. You don't want to miss it. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. 
Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to a nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Kiana Noonan, Georgia. Now we're on to the world of the NBA offseason. And our first story is of the Charlotte Hornets sale to new ownership coming up next of Michael Jordan's sale of the majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotnick has been finalized. It was announced Thursday. I'm thrilled to be able to pass the reins to two successful, innovative, and strategic leaders in Gabe and Rick. Jordan said in a statement issued Thursday, I know the Hornets organization is in great hands moving forward. I'm excited to, about the future of the team and will continue to support the organization and the community in my role in the years ahead. But Jordan, who's run as majority owner ends after 13 years, will continue to hold a minority stake in the team. This will continue to hold for the purchase that was made at an approximate $3 billion in evaluation. Jordan paid $275 million for the majority stake in the franchise back in 2010, but the NBA's Board of Governors approved the new ownership group last month with a 29-to-1 vote, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski Schnall, who had been a minority owner with the Atlanta Hawks and Plotnick, a minority owner with the Hornets, will serve as co-chairman of HSE and will rotate the team's governorship every five years, beginning with Schnall. They will be introduced at the press conference. We want to thank Michael for this opportunity as well as his support throughout this process, Plotnick and Chanel said in a combined statement. During his ownership, he brought stability to the Hornets franchise, achieved many business milestones, reconnected and reinvested in the Charlotte community, and has the organization positioned for greater success. We look forward to building upon this success in the years to come. They said their vision is to take the Hornets to the next level on and off the court. We will look to build a highly competitive basketball team, develop innovative business practices, give back to our community, and connect with our fans. The new owner said, we plan to further invest in the team, the facilities, and the fan experience, with the goal of delivering a winner to our fans throughout the Carolinas. We are confident that our successful business backgrounds and our previous experience as NBA minority owners will be beneficial as we shape and future of the franchise as a best in class organization. Schnall also has served as the alternate governor on the NBA's board of governors since 2015. He was involved in various aspects of the Hawks team building process, as well as the renovations to state farm arena. He is co-president of Clayton Dubiler and Rice LLC, where he has worked for 27 years. Plotnik will serve as co-chairman and alternate governor. He originally acquired a minority stake in the Hornets back in 2019. He has been an alternate governor on the league's board of governors since 2019. He is founder and chief investment officer of Tailwoods Capital LLC. 
The Hornets' new ownership group also includes Chris Shumway, Dan Sundaham, Ian Loring, Andrew Schwartzberg, home court partners and recording artist Jay Cole, and country music songwriter Eric Church, who are both from North Carolina, and several local Charlotte investors, including Amy Levine Dawson and Damian Mills. So, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen with the future of the Charlotte Hornets. We'll see what happens in the future. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back with the NFL in its first game of the year of preseason. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the Kia Newton, Georgia. And now we're heading into the NFL offseason. Football is finally around the corner, folks. And this is our first game of the year. The NFL's Hall of Fame game preseason between the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns in Canton, Ohio. Aaron Rodgers has yet to throw a pass in a game for the New York Jets. He's already responsible for a long completion. Ha, funny. Zach Wilson showed he can move New York's offense as a backup quarterback, but the Jets kicked off the Rodgers era with a 21-16 loss to Cleveland Browns on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game. Wilson, who struggled as a starter the past two seasons, sent the Jets on a quarterback quest that eventually got them Aaron Rodgers in a trade with Green Bay in April that had positive moments during his three series. 
his 24th birthday, the 2021 number two overall draft pick was 3 of 5 passing for 65 yards. Wilson set up the game's first score with a 57-yard completion to wide receiver Malik Taylor on a play suggested by Aaron Rodgers. A great call indeed. Aaron Rodgers smiling with that call. But I have got to give him a shout out there. We were backed up then and took the shot downfield. And Malik's done a great job all time in camp. I wanted to get him the ball. But Jets coach Robert Sala was pleased with Wilson's performance. Zach did a good job. He was poised and looked comfortable in the pocket. He said, it's just rebuilding that confidence and swag that we saw from the draft. This is going to be a process and no setbacks, but it's all about confidence with him. It was a battle of rookies and reserves as both of these teams rested their stars in the NFL's inaugural game of 2023. There was a notable opening night glitch as a power outage in Tom Benson Stadium caused about a 20-minute delay between the third and fourth quarters. But Brown's shining star, who was their number three quarterback coming into this preseason game, rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, rallied the Browns with a pair of second-half touchdowns. Thompson Robinson, a fifth-round pick, through a 22-yard touchdown pass to Austin Watkins Jr. Wow, what do I say about this kid? I saw that he was able to survey the field in last night's game, going sideline to sideline. He got shifty in terms, in terms of carrying the football, and he threw some beautiful passes. He's got a future. But with 9.33 left to put Cleveland ahead, Thompson Robinson also threw a block that sprung the metric, Felton, his former UCLA teammate. My goodness, these two guys have had roots together. They even started playing with Little League ball together. Demetric Felton ran for a 10-yard score at that point in time in the game. So it was awesome, Felton said. It felt like he was back at UCLA. It was cool. But Thompson Robinson stole the show all night long. He said he was happy to lend a shoulder. All instincts, he said. I'm out there playing as hard as I can for my teammates. I seen that Felton was going to cut back and kind of the hole that was going to be wide open. And he made that, that block to spring it. But as for the Jets, their shiny moments in the game. They for sure found their kicker, folks. Greg Zerling kicked field goals of 54, 44, and 53 yards. Very impressive. He was 2 for 2 going beyond 53 yards plus, showing that he's a dynamic kicker in this game still. Sure, it's preseason, but he showed it. Another surprise for the New York Jets. We had Israel Amakanada, who had a 10-yard touchdown run. Fourth string running back. Played in this game. Rookie. Had a very decent day. And capping off a New York touchdown. And Rodgers, obviously a high-profile spectator. But the four-time MVP watched from the sideline wearing his black Jets gear and a headset, giving him more the look of an assistant coach than star quarterback. But on Wednesday, Rodgers toured the Hall of Fame and got an up-close view of a place where he'll be one day enshrined.
Before that, he's supposed to return the New York's franchise to glory. The 39-year-old is not expected to play in this preseason, but he hasn't since 2018. And said earlier this week that upcoming joint practices against Tampa Bay and Carolina will help him prepare for the September 11th season opener against the Buffalo Bills. Now for the Browns. They sat quarterback Deshaun Watson, who, like Rodgers, is expected to do big things in the second year with Cleveland. But Watson went 3-for-3 three three after returning from his 11-game suspension back in 2022 for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy after he was accused by two dozen women. But Kellen Mond started for the Browns, and he played the first half. He went 7-of-12 for 49 yards with a touchdown, and an interception. But Thompson Robinson finished and paved the way for the team with an 8 for 11 for 82 yards. As both teams formed a tunnel near midfield, this year's Hall of Fame class was introduced before the opening kickoff. Of course, the biggest ovation went to former Browns tackle Joe Thomas, who waved to the thousands of Cleveland fans packing Tom Benson Stadium, and new inductee Demarcus Ware singing the national anthem. That's pretty insane. Didn't even know that DeMarcus Ware can actually do that. But both teams got a look at their prospective massive tackles. New York's Mackay Becton played for the first time since the 2021 season opener. It has been a long road back for six foot seven Becton, who underwent multiple surgeries on his right knee. He slimmed down to 350 and once was tipping the scales at 400. But Cleveland rookie Dewan Jones really was taking the cake. Just a tad bit bigger than Becton. Really played out of his mind in his rookie preseason debut. But here's the thing. More than two dozen Hall of Famers, most wearing their signature gold jackets, attended a tribute earlier in the day for the legendary Browns running back Jim Brown, who died back in May. But Brown was remembered for his football accomplishments and much more. Former Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis delivered the most impassioned remarks about Brown, who became his mentor. He became a father to the fatherless. He gave hope when there wasn't hope, said Lewis. I've never met a greater person. But the Browns wore 32 decal, Brown's number, on their helmets for the first time. But... All in all in preseason, you've got your injury reports. As for the Jets, linebacker Ham Hamza Nerzeldine, he had a neck injury and it left after hurt on New York's first defensive series and didn't really return. Cornerback Brendan Eccles had a hip injury and linebacker Chaz Surratt had a hamstring were both ruled out after halftime. Surratt's interception in the first half set up New York's touchdown. And linebacker Malik Hall left in the fourth with an undisclosed injury. As for the Browns, wide receiver Dave Lynn Baldwin had a hamstring injury and he went out in the first half. He was targeted once. And cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. had an injury and didn't play in the second half. But in this day, we did see some sparks of both the teams. But... Dorian Thompson-Robinson, that was so impressive. His first drive ever in a Browns uniform, 
he took them 93 yards down the field. Now that is dynamic. He could be vying for potentially a backup role, the number two slot, a quarterback. That's the, your star of the game there. But we're about to go into our next story in the NFL offseason news. This is about a star. New Orleans defensive end getting his well-deserved contract extension. The Saints and defensive end Cameron Jordan have agreed to a two-year, $27.5 million guaranteed contract extension that ties him to New Orleans through the 2025 season. His agents, Doug Hendrickson and C.J. LeBeau, told ESPN Adam Schefter on Friday, Jordan, an eight-time Pro Bowl selection and the Saints franchise leader in sacks, is getting the largest contract on average and guarantees for any defensive player in NFL history at the age of 34. The Saints announced this two-year extension Friday, but did, did not disclose the terms at that point in time. A 2011 first-round pick by the Saints, Jordan, last signed an extension in 2019 for a three-year, $42 million guaranteed deal that ran through 2023. But this is the fourth multi-year contract between Jordan and the Saints. I don't see myself, and luckily I don't ever think I'll have to see myself anything other than black and gold, Jordan said in a news conference. He overtook Hall of Fame linebacker Ricky Jackson as a franchise sack leader last year with his 115.5 sacks and ranked second in the NFL among active players just behind Von Miller with 123.5. Entering his 13th season in New Orleans, Jordan has played 192 games in Saints uniform. The fourth most in franchise history, Jordan is on track to surpass Jackson and Morton Anderson this season to move into second, which would leave Drew Brees as the only player ahead of him in Saints history, folks. He's quite an asset, Cameron Jordan. One of the best defensive ends in the game for the last decade. Wow. And our last story of the NFL offseason news is about a two-headed monster ground attack out in the land of the Detroit Lions. After a complete revamp of the Detroit Lions backfield, coach Dan Campbell envisions a two-headed monster at running back with veteran David Montgomery and rookie Jermiah Gibbs. The Lions' rushing attack helped their offense finish with a top-five rankings last year, led by DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. But Campbell said he sees tremendous upside for Montgomery and Gibbs due to their different skill sets. Man, I think you need a back that push comes to shove can carry the load, Campbell told Sirius XM Radio. You need somebody you feel like you can give the ball to 20 to 25 times a game that carries the rock and is your workhorse. And then you need that specialty guy. He's much more. He carries the scalpel and he can slide you up. He can hurt you in the pass game potential as well. And I'm talking about Gibbs. Obviously getting him out there and do a few more things because that's kind of what we know. And that's what kind of variation they have in that backfield. Campbell cited successful running back duos for the New York Giants and the New Orleans Saints. 
and teams that he coached as an offensive assistant under Sean Payton. You talk about backs. My best exposure was as a player under Sean Payton, Campbell said. We had Ron Dane. We had Tiki Barber. But Tiki was kind of that change-up guy. He could do a lot of different things, and Ron was a heavy load back, bruising running back that would bulldozer holes. I get to New Orleans and Mark Ingram, and he was a back, and then Alvin Kamara did all the other stuff they couldn't do. So yeah, I do see a two-headed monster here, and Swift and Williams became the first pair of Lions to produce at least eight touchdowns in the same season in 2022, but both will be playing elsewhere this season. The Lions traded Swift to his hometown Philadelphia Eagles after drafting Gibbs in the first round, while Williams signed a three-year $12 million deal with the Saints. Picked number 12 overall, Gibbs became the highest drafted running back by the Lions since the legendary Barry Sanders, and he was picked third overall back in 1989. Montgomery signed a three-year, $18 million deal this offseason after spending his first four seasons with the Chicago Bears. During his first training camp, Gibbs is impressed with the coaching staff and their ability to incorporate his dual-threat running style. The rookie is eager to learn from Montgomery as well. He teaches me stuff from his past experiences, so it really helps me, and I can soak it all in, Gibbs said back in Sunday. But it's very interesting to see what this Detroit Lions team is going to do with his ground attack. You have complete opposites. They do complement each other. But the only way to know is put them in a game and see what the rotation comes to hold. Will this Lions team control the ground for this upcoming season? We'll be right back with music news. You don't want to miss it. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie, I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554, 800-579-6554. 
At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at Noonan, Georgia. And now we're going on to our music news segment. And our first story is a band member who has to postpone the 2023 tour because of health reasons. Southern California punk veterans, Social Distortion, have postponed their planned 2023 North American Summer Tour in the midst of singer Mike Ness' treatment for stage 1 tonsil cancer. The I Was Wrong band announced the news on Wednesday, revealing that their previously announced tour slated to kick off on June 30th is back-pushed to an yet announcement date to allow Ness, 61, to recover from a recent surgery to treat the ailment. We think that life is going to go according to our plan, but it has a way of saying, I don't think so, wrote Ness in a statement. Announcement, the postponement. In the midst of pre-production on the band's now-paused 8th studio album, I was diagnosed with stage 1 tonsil cancer. I was feeling well enough to continue with recording in the studio up until the very day before surgery. The band and I were so inspired and excited to lay down these tracks, which, by the way, were awesome. Ness said, Recovery from the surgery is a day-by-day process. With radiation scheduled to begin in three weeks, 
which is the last anticipated treatment. The team of doctors are certain that once finished with this course, I will be able to start the healing and recovery process, he said. We expect a full recovery, enabling me to live a long and productive life. The singer said it breaks his heart to postpone the tour dates and the album release, but he needs this time to heal. He thanks Social D's loyal fans for their patience. Well, it will be a little longer. I promise you that it will be delivered and it will be, be exceeding your expectations, he promised. I want you all to know that this has opened my eyes to a whole new struggle. I know it's one that many of you or your loved ones have personally endured. And my heart goes out to you because I know what it's like from this heavy experience. We will all get through this. The tour, with support from Bell Rays, was originally slated to kick off, like I said, in June 30th and can be organ and keep the band on the road through August 9th in the show in Tucson. But the untitled new album is the long-awaited follow-up to 2011's Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes. We pray for your recovery and the best of recovering for your social distortion band and for your, all your fans. We wish you well. We'll be right back with our last story of music news. You don't want to miss it. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 Nikki at noon in Georgia. And now, in our last story of music news, we've got a hip-hop legend expressing his analysis of who he thinks 
the best five rappers of all time are. After being featured in the top 10 of Billboard and Vibe's greatest rappers of all time, Lil Wayne has decided to share his own rank in his new Billboard cover story that was published Wednesday. In honor of hip-hop's 50th anniversary this month, Wheezy shared the top five from his GOAT rappers list. In no specific order, of course. Missy Elliott, Jay-Z, UGK, Goody Mob, and Notorious B.I.G. It's because I organically grew up with them. You know, when you're asked, how did you start listening, there's a story for everybody. Like, someone I know to hold true to me, and starting to listen to whatever. But like I said, every decision I make is organic. He told Gail Mitchell, Billboard's executive director of R&B and hip-hop, Wheezy himself ranked at number seven on our list for being one of the most masterful lyricists of our time, delivering mind-boggling verses for the last quarter century and for setting the stage for rap hopefuls and fellow Billboard all-time chart stars Drake and Nicki Minaj, both of whom Wayne helped develop into the global icons they are today, by the way of his Young Money Cash Money record label. When asked during his Billboard cover interview about his placement on the list, Toonchi responded, That's awesome. You would be happy to be anywhere on that list. But Billboard broke down Wayne's relationships with each rapper and rap group from his GOAT list below. Missy Elliott. Even if Wheezy said his list is in no specific order, he previously said Missy was always going to be first during Fox Sports, What's Right with Nick Wright podcast. She's a huge influence of everything I've ever done. Missy retweeted the clip. But they sat down in May for an episode of TV's One Uncensored where Toonchi continued to sing her praises before Jay this was before I even knew Jay-Z existed. I was into Missy Elliott, says Wayne. And it was because would they say things I would want to say that I'm rapping about. You not only made them, you made me love it. And you made a whole song of it. I became so interested in you, he told her. But Missy and Wayne have collaborated multiple times with songs like 2009's All For You, the 2012 remix of Busta Rhymes, Why Stop Now, also featuring Chris Brown and Timbaland's The Party Anthem, and also featuring T-Pain in 2013. Jay-Z. So, Weezy's 35-minute track, 10,000 Bars, from 2002, marks the last time the MC wrote down lyrics before hopping in a booth after he discovered the hoof spit whatever comes to him, he said during the Pivot podcast last month, like Biggie, love Biggie, Love Jadakiss. But the moment I heard, I stopped. You could ask them. But in 2020, during a conversation with Lil Baby for Rolling Stone's Musicians on Musician Series, Wayne discussed how Jay's 1999 album, Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter, changed his life. It was the first album where I actually got the card that the rapper was talking about. That was my album, he said. Also, Jay talked so crazy. He went bananas on that album. I got lyrics on the album tattooed, says Wayne. In 2007, Wayne appeared on the Hello Brooklyn 2.0 from Jay's American Gangster album. 
The following year, Jay appeared on Mr. Carter from Wayne's The Carter 3. And the two co-starred on Swagger Like Us with Kanye West from T.I.'s album Paper Trail. DJ Khaled brought Wheezy and Hoove together again last year alongside Rick Ross, John Legend, and Friday for the God Did title track, which was nominated for three Grammys this year, Song of the Year, Best Rap Song, and Best Rap Performance. Goody Mob on his list. I've been listening to Goody Mob since I was the seventh in the seventh grade, said Wayne. During his 2016 Genius Sit-Down interview alongside 2 Chains, before spitting CeeLo Green's classic verse from Goody Bag, my homie CT, really, that's what he's thinking in that regard. He had me listening to things that he would never dream of. But three years ago, Wheezy, Wheezy um, really commented on his 1995 debut single, Cell Therapy on Wayne's World from his funeral album. And that's what really he really liked most. Biggie was a huge influence for him. Wayne's earliest credit on a Biggie record was when the Hot Boys and Big Timers were featured on on Biggie's first post homeless album Born Again in nineteen ninety nine. Tune she was later featured on I'm what I'm with whatever alongside Jules Santana and Jim Jones from Biggie's second um, album duets, the final chapter. But two years ago, Wayne recalled during Emmanuel Akko's uncomfortable conversation that that he was looking in the mirror and he could look through the mirror and the television was behind him. So I was watching the video through the mirror and it really changed the life of others. And these, this is why Lil Wayne really enjoys these rappers and thinks they are the best of all time. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Newman. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. 
on WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Nightly Crawl. Catch you with Corey Bank. Everyone who has listened tonight, thank you, WQEE. Thank you, everyone who has listened. Everyone, get home safe. Have a great night. We'll see you at the next one.